listening to On the Couch with Carly. Carly's Couch is a safe space to talk. I'm a psychologist, but I'm not your pipe-smoking, tweed-wearing stereotype. Hello, and welcome back to On the Couch with Carly. I am speaking today about something that may be specific to some people and not others. So if this is not you, then this is an opportunity for you to think about and have empathy for the for the for the bunch of us for the the section of of society that I'm part of who is potentially on the sort of a type spectrum uh, of personalities likes things done a certain way is quite perfectionistic um has high standards of oneself those sort of personality traits okay if you're not that kind of person this whole topic might not appeal to not might not um resonate with you and if that's the case then i'm so happy for you <laughs> today i want to talk about how something i often think about and work within myself but something that i have seen being a struggle for many new parents um so much so that when we speak about um one of the tools in our toolkit that we offer in the O oh baby WTF workshop is the tool of rhythm routine and ritual um which means that at your disposal at any time there is the a bunch of tools that we have that we can use to make sense of and help us through difficult moments um and that is true in all in all of our experiences in life but in particular we talk about how becoming a parent offers certain challenges and one of the things we can um resort to to assist us is rhythm routine and ritual um but what we mention in that is that in the newborn phase that's a relative concept because the newborn phase is by definition quite a chaotic time quite unpredictable um it's you know i've mentioned before about the steep learning curve of early parenthood um you are learning your baby and your baby is specific and you might be reading all the books and getting all the advice but at the end of the day you are figuring out this relationship and there's no one else that's figuring it out with you i mean other than maybe your partner but at the end of the day it's a specific and unique dance that you're going to learn the steps to and it takes time and so and you're dealing with a very very immature being who is really learning how to just exist and has very immature um organ systems that are, that struggle with things as simple as digestion so you're dealing with something that is by nature quite volatile and difficult so what i want to talk to you about today is how how often what is the biggest struggle in the newborn phase and when i say newborn phase i mean like the first 3 months some people call it the fourth trimester um it's the it's the time straight after birth before the baby is um really kind of i don't know they get to they get they get to a point when they're about 3 months old where they kind of they wake up to the world in a in a totally different way they they feel separate in a different way um they feel like they see things and they are experiencing reality rather than um everything sort of being overwhelming and undifferentiated so in this time 
there are, I suppose, desires that come from oneself internally, but perhaps gets imposed on us by others. So you'll maybe get um, external voices, something, you know, it can, be, it can be parental from your parents or from the, the community at large, or it can be from a medical professional um, or whoever, but people are inclined to ask you whether the baby's in a routine, how often the baby feeds, how often, how long does the baby sleep for? And I don't know if it's maybe a Western thing or, you know, because over the years there's been different trends in how to raise children. And one of the trends that started in the 60s, I think it was Dr. Spock. He really was um, interested in getting babies into a routine and separating babies from their mothers as quickly as possible and, and getting babies to learn to be on their own and to and to manage on their own. And so there's been, since then, a huge um, pull towards getting babies into routines and a pressure, really, on mums to know how to predict their baby's behaviour. And, and that predictability is success. And <clears throat> for some parents, this somehow this narrative and this, this discourse just doesn't seem to affect them and doesn't seem to they just they just shirk it off and they don't give a shit <laughs> to put it bluntly whereas I think a lot of parents I know that this is something I experience and I've experienced it with others as well I've, I've understood that others experience this they, they they kind of feel the pressure the outside pressure of I need to I need to be able to know what my baby needs and that needs to come from some sort of predictability um, and it's it's interesting because I mean I for one am very well read in this regard in the sense that I understand so from a psychological perspective how the only thing that we need to do with our babies is to follow them and 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 to be attuned to them and to meet their needs in in a in a relational way so which means that it's not going to be like a machine where the data input is you know in, you know predictable and ordered in a kind of um sort of i don't know how to say it almost like um clock by cl clockwork sort of way it's it's a human being so we're going to be following our baby and every day is going to be different and every minute's going to be different and that is a very intense and involved way of parenting but it's psychologically speaking what our babies need it's not always easy, though. It's not always easy to be the person who is permanently attuned to this little person and fa figuring out what they need and and where they're at in that moment. Um, but if we have to speak about sort of ideals and what would be the you know the main aim of this period, that is what it is. It's essentially watching your baby working out their cues, working out when they're hungry, when they're tired, when they've had too much, when they need more, you know, and and there is only a few things to do with a newborn baby. There's only feeding, sleeping, changing, and burping, you know, somehow settling. Um, but even though there's, it, there's kind of only a few things that they need, when they, when you get it wrong, so to speak, which is a inappropriate way of seeing it but when when you are still learning them or they've 
um, communicated something that you haven't quite understood yet, um, they they respond with a very intense emotional display. So babies cry in a very extreme way and newborns have a very specific cry that can be quite unsettling and jarring on one's nerves. And I think because of that, it make it makes the whole experience quite high stakes on an emotional level. So when you, so, so to speak, get it wrong with a newborn baby, it can feel quite catastrophic, simply because they respond in this very exaggerated way. <laughs> you know, they could have a little bit of, you know, gas in their tummy and you know, it feels like the world is coming to an end and, and they scream and scream and scream. And, and if you as the parent are trying to, air quotes, get it right and get that wind out and it's not getting out, it can you can feel quite helpless and quite distraught. Anyway, so what I'm saying is, is we, I think there's outside and inside pressure to find some kind of order and routine and predictability. Um, whether it is an actual routine, so I mean, I know that, Many moms and and many parents feel this kind of pressure to get a baby into a routine, to know when they're going to sleep, to know when they're going to eat. Um, I certainly have that myself. Um, what doesn't, what didn't help me at least this time was that my baby came out in a very routine way. So, first three weeks she was feeding every three hours, and I felt that was really. Um, so comforting actually just to know that I, I could really predict how long she was going to sleep for and when she was going to eat and then at three weeks her tummy stuff started coming up so she became more uncomfortable which is very standard um, they, they they developed digestion issues at around three weeks because that's when they're starting to ingest a lot more milk and their tummies are having to work a lot more and they're maturing and it's just normal they start being more uncomfortable at that stage so these things started with us and suddenly the sleep and the feeding um, sort of rhythms were, were altered and I had to adjust. And I think if I had to look back over it now, she's 11 weeks today, I would say we've had to adjust the rhythm multiple times. The rhythm changes, you know, it's a it's an unpredictable, it's a jazz tempo we're working with here. You know, this is not this is not something that is um yeah, it's not it's not on a fixed tempo. We we are we are in the jazz world. We are improvising. We are we are coming up with new rhythms. Rhythms are changing. Um we're running we're rolling with rhythms that change from day to day. And Although we can still find some um, sort of shape to it, there's something. There's something that can be somewhat predictable in each day. On the whole, the journey, the lesson seems to be, at least for me, in this phase, um, that actually it's about accepting and being with the unpredictability, being with the what may sometimes feel like chaos because it is not something I can control. It is not something that I can dictate. And so sometimes that feels like it's out of control. And I don't know if that is necessarily true. I don't know if I would describe it as chaotic or out of control, but I will tell you it feels that way. And it feels that way because, as I mentioned, there's these extraordinarily strong emotions coming from this infant um, there's sleep deprivation, so you kind of 
trying to do something that is really hard. You're doing it around the clock, 24-7, and you're doing it with very little sleep. And so it's it's hard. It's hard to it's it's you know it's a marathon that never ends, and it's hard to maintain that that sort of cognitive mental um, stamina for for this role. So I think in those moments when you are you are expecting A and you and instead B happens, it can feel in that moment like oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. This is so chaotic. This is I'm so, this is so out of control. Everything's everything's gone to pot, you know. Whereas probably no, the the other lens to look at look at it through is this is normal, like early infancy. This is this is how it is. Babies by nature. Um, you know, unpredictable and I, I, I think ever evolving and ever shifting and, and you, and your job is to stay with them. Now, let me just say what I also know from the research is that we do not have to get it right every single second of every single moment with our children. This is true of the newborn phase. This is true of every phase of parenthood to be attuned, to be successfully attuned to our children, to to develop a secure bond with them that shows them that we are safe, that we are loving, that we are their safe place. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to get it right. We don't have to predict exactly what's going on all the time. We don't have to know them 100%. We don't have to anticipate their needs perfectly. And I think that is the biggest lesson in parenthood. And it's something that already you have to learn straight off the bat with your newborn is that your job is not to get it right. Your job is to be there and to be available to each and every experience if I think of it like um the marathon, it's 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 a the terrain is not flat, the journey is not linear, you're going over hills and you're going through ravines and there'll be some water crossings and you know it's like treacherous and sometimes you you you're cool and you're like on a downhill and you're feeling great and your legs are strong and sometimes it's uphill and you can't actually see there's fog in front of you and you have no idea where you're going. <laughs> and that's okay because your job is not to always know, um, which is something that going back to the A-type personality stuff, if you have an A-type personality, that really is challenging. It's really, really challenging. So I'm here to say, if you are someone who is particularly interested in perfectionism um, or getting things right or doing things well or invested in being good or invested in knowing things and invested in having the answers, <laughs> then I'm I'm here to tell you that being with a newborn is challenging in a in a major way to those personality traits. It's very very challenging because although I think there are maybe five percent of babies that come out and they are just like little machines and they they just are incredibly predictable and easy and manageable, I just don't think that's the norm. I think the norm is that babies are much more um, complicated and complex and are unknowable in the beginning you know that and and unpredictable in the beginning and I think that that's the way it is but if you are expecting yourself to know and to figure out and to have it all waxed straight away um, it's very challenging for one's self-image and for one's sense of 
achievement and competency and all of that. So I think baby should come with a warning about that, you know, that when you when you leave the hospital or after your midwife leaves, if you have a home birth, you you should be told in no uncertain terms, your job is not to get this right. There is no getting it right. And your job is not to make sure that for the rest of this journey, things are always going to be good. Things are always going to be okay. It's not. It's not possible. You can't always have it going well. Um, this is another lesson I've learned from, from the newborn phase is that as someone who is perfectionistic, and I think I'm not sure what the overlap is here in terms of like how it works in terms of personality traits, but it's, it is fascinating. Um, cause you know, perfectionism, according to Brene Brown, perfectionism is not about getting things done well. It's not about greatness. It's about the fear of failure. And perfectionism is, is a kind of like, it's a, I, I almost see it as like an anal retentiveness. It's like you're holding your breath because you're so afraid that it could go badly. And, and so you're not really just letting it be. You're, you're kind of trying to control and trying to predict this experience because you want it to be a certain way. Um, and that is because you're afraid. You're afraid what might happen if you, if you just, do it and and sense and maybe it's good and maybe it's bad and I think that's where this concept has been um I've been like working on this concept and making sense of this concept um also thanks to therapy and and my own therapist and our journey unpacking this and I would really like to do a whole episode on that because that's so, so fascinating is how therapies helped me through this process but um what I want to say is that when we when we fix our ideas on on anything and we want it to be all good but also when we decide that something is all bad you know and there's a lot of that in parenting oh don't do that that's bad you know i think that's when the shit comes up as well is that no experience no relationship no human being can be all good or all bad and so when we um that that perfectionism, that fear of failure, that fear of badness is such a handicap, actually, because it it stops us from living. It stops us from truly being in the experience. And the experience is one that is both good and bad, that will be easy and difficult, that will be knowable and unknowable, that will be predictable and unpredictable, that will be within our control and out of our control. And if we can accept that, then we have an easier time because it's not about, okay, cool, I've just got to get good at this and then everything will be good all the time. No, it's not true. You will gain competency and that steep learning curve, you do get to the top of it at some point. You do you know, you do start to nail the things that you're expected to to do. <laughs> and it's a beautiful lesson, but our children will, will do this to us for the rest of our lives. But just as you start to nail it, they go into a different phase and they need different things from us. That is literally how it goes. And it's unbelievably <laughs> exasperating if you're someone who wants to get, get this thing right. Um, but it's impossible. You're not going to get it right. There is no getting it right. There's only trying. There's only being there. There's only being open to the experience. There's only 
staying with the process, you know, and the process is about learning and and accepting that it's sometimes good and sometimes bad, that I sometimes get it right and I sometimes get it wrong. And, and that's okay because our children don't need us to be perfect. Our children don't need us to get it right all the time. There is no such thing. Our children just need us to be there. They need us to be thinking. They need us to be using our minds. They need us to be holding them in mind, which means having the ability to conceptualize them as an individual external um, being that is separate from us, that has their own mind and their own thoughts and their own feelings, and for us to be with their mind um, in our minds, like with, uh, with understanding them as separate and holding that in, in our consciousness. That's what they need. And that is right from the beginning. So although when your baby is screaming and you feel like there's a fire alarm going off in your head, which is absolutely appropriate, that's how we're biologically wired, is to feel absolute panic when a newborn cries. Um, although that is the case, our job, even though it, it feels like, and it, and it is ultimately to put out the fire, to find out what's wrong with them and to soothe them, to help them, to make it better, you're not failing if you don't do it straight away you being there and talking to them comforting them holding them trying to figure it out is the work of that phase as difficult and infuriating as that is sometimes you just want to get it right and actually you will but it but it, but you can't get it right always and you can't get it right immediately all the time um and that's a very hard pill to swallow for some of us. So I just find it fascinating how when you have the desire to get it right, when you have the desire for things to just go to go well all the time, to just run smoothly, there's, and, 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 and I want to just acknowledge, of course you have that desire. Like we all have that desire, right? We just want things to go well. We just want our babies to be okay. And this, I think, doesn't end. This is, this is the journey of parenthood. Like you just want things to be good and for them to be safe and healthy and happy all the time but it's not possible and so <laughs> you know hold that desire be with that desire I would say have empathy for yourself in these moments when you're when you're feeling desperate about the need and the desire to to get it right to soothe to comfort to offer what is needed what is required and then also recognize that the job is not it's not a um it's not a win lose situation you don't just you don't get it right or get it wrong you don't um i mean you can in moments get it right or get it wrong but if you set yourself up to be a parent that's going to always get it right you're going to feel desperate at times so can you explore the desire of getting it right can you be with those parts of you that want to know, that want to predict, that want to have order, that want to find predictability and, and control, but also acknowledge that it's not necessarily always possible and that it's not necessarily always needed, that being with the, the unpredictability, the chaos, the overwhelm is part of what is so um, necessary and needed um, in the relationship between us and our, and our children. Um, and I think if you start to accept that now and you start to 
I hate this word because it's so real and so true of, of parenthood, but if you start to surrender to the reality and the and the just the fact that it's not in your control, all of it, um, and that you and that you are on a journey and and not always the, the person that's dictating how this this journey is gonna go. Um and that's quite a wild process, but it's what I've also come to understand is that it it is the process. It's it's what we it's it is the challenge. But if we rise to that challenge, if that's what we consider to be what we're what we're gaining from this experience is that actually we're learning to deal with unpredictability. We're learning to be in a process of um, chaos. We're learning to make sense of a, of a of an unpredictable situation and be with ourselves in that discomfort. Um, then that's then that's amazing, right? That's how you grow. That's how you learn. That's how you develop and and expand as a human being. So here's to all the mums and dads and those in between, the caregivers in between, who are showing up for their unpredictable little humans today. Here's to you guys. Here's to us. It's damn hard work. Um, just being there, just knowing that you're there and that you're riding it out, good or bad, predictable, unpredictable, is is the work. And, and it's damn hard work. So here's to you. Okay, that's it for me today. Speak to you soon. Bye.